Uh, your first scripture reading is from Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Not very often that I get to have all my boys do that, so thank you. <laughs> okay. So good morning. For those of you that know me, you probably never thought you'd see me up here on the stage on a Sunday morning. Public speaking is one of my greatest fears, so I'm going to open us in prayer because I really do believe God has things to speak this morning. So, Lord God, we just invite your presence into this place. God, we declare you have good things for us. God, that you are someone who interacts with us, who knows us, who loves us, who sees us, and who changes us. So God, we invite you to be here with us. God, we pray that you would put our hearts in a posture to receive what you have for us this morning. God, and if there's anything that I share that is not of you, I pray that it would come off immediately. We ask that only the things of your spirit would cling to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you have enough kids and it's Mother's Day, you might get asked to preach. <laughs> so. And I thought I would um, introduce myself for those of you that don't know me. Um, my name is Kendra Aguilar. I'm proud wife, Mike Aguilar, mother to James, Lexi, Ella. I think you've got a picture. You want to throw it up there? There's my people. So James, Lexi, Ella, Elizabeth, Annalise, Sophie, Gabe, and Lucas. And I'm also the proud grandma to little Miss Kinsley over there, thanks to my daughter-in-law, Sydney. Um, I've had the privilege of serving on staff with different Antioch churches over the past 10 years, and I've typically taken roles that are behind the scenes. Um, so after, this year, I've had the honor of being part of our, our launch team, starting this new church. Um, and I have to give Pastor Danny some credit that somehow he talked me into getting up on the stage after I'd avoided it for that many years. <laughs> what he didn't know is I had told God a couple of years ago that anytime I was asked to speak, I would say yes. Somehow God must have told him because <laughs> I had avoided it. And I was like, we're in the clear. But here I am. And it's going to be great. So we're going to jump right in. Um, as Danny mentioned last Sunday, earlier this year, we did a deep dive into the book of Colossians, which actually mentions wisdom several times, both in the context as a gift from the Spirit to help us lead our lives in ways that please the Lord in Colossians 1.9, and part of how we, how we grow in our faith so we can be fully mature in Christ out of Colossians 1.28. So while this series will feel different, our big goal that we're aiming for is actually the same in both of these series that we grow and mature in the faith and become more like Jesus. And living wisely is part of how we get there. So this morning, we're going to look at a few scriptures I'm planning to share out of my personal story with the Lord. I confess that a lot of my stories and examples will come out of my experience from parenting, but I wanna say in advance to those of you that don't have children, please don't tune out. This message is also for you. And while my examples from my past and my presence obviously involve a lot of parenting, 
the, the concepts behind them are true for all of us. And he wants to speak to everyone here in our heart as well this morning. <coughs> I brought my water up. Um, for all of us, this past year has been unlike others in our lives. A year we could not have expected or planned for. Regardless of if you were fearful for your personal health, for the health of a friend or a loved one, fearful of losing your job, or fearful that your rights were going to be taken away as many rules and regulations came down, we all experienced fear of some type. But we can, we can also acknowledge that fear is not a new reality to us. Even prior to COVID, as we looked around at what social media, television, advertising, the news, and the government all fed us, it was all the reasons we should be afraid. In fact, we are kept in a constant state of fear in our world. People feared people of different political parties. They feared domestic and international terrorists. We fear not having the latest things we need. We fear crime. We fear foods. We fear not getting the best job or our kids getting into the right school. We fear injuries and illness. We even fear things like sun damage and aging. We fear getting it wrong as parents. We fear being left alone or left out. Reasons to seem to fear seem endless, but we are believers in Jesus, not in the world. So we want to know what God's word says about fear. Second Timothy 1.7 tells us, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. First Corinthians 2.12 tells us, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Proverbs 9.10 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And as Danny mentioned last week, Proverbs 1.7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fear fools despise wisdom and instruction. And last week, Danny touched on what fear of the Lord looks like, not only reverence for him, but an appropriate fear of the one who is perfectly holy, the one who is all-powerful, and the one that alone saves us. So today, as we're looking, we're looking more in the direction of what happens when our fear is misdirected and our fear is not of the Lord. While there are certainly things in this world that are scary, we have seen in these passages that the spirit of fear is not of the Lord. Fear is not how we make our decisions. Fear is not what controls us. Fear does not get to have the victory. Jesus is stronger. He is more powerful and he is wiser than fear. Fear destroys us, but Jesus saves us. Fear can paralyze us, but Jesus moves us. Fear can consume us and our thoughts, but Jesus sets us free. We don't want our misdirected fears to keep us from what God has for us. So maybe you can tell I'm a little bit passionate about this topic, probably because I experienced fear. <laughs> um, but I want to share some stories with you that will show you some insight into how fear um, can work its way into our lives, even at early ages, and when allowed to take root, can become very destructive. As a four-year-old, I grew up in a home where I was loved, I was seen, I was protected, my parents loved me well. Um, and I'm really thankful for how they intentionally raised me. And I honor them for what they taught me and invested in me. Um, one night, my parents had hired a babysitter, a girl from our church who had come with recommendations. And that evening, she has sexually assaulted both my brother and myself. Fast forward to my preteen years, I started babysitting for several families. 
I spent a summer babysitting a family from our church a couple of times a week. And while much about that experience was great, unfortunately, the husband started making inappropriate remarks to me when he would drive me home. As a preteen, I, of course, did not know how to handle that or how to navigate the situation at all. In high school, I had a youth leader that was awesome, mostly. And as we got to know each other more, we would talk on the phone about the boys I liked in school and just normal teenage things. But he also would occasionally make comments about my appearance or asking just slightly inappropriate questions that I now, as an adult, can reflect on and know they were completely inappropriate. All of these situations shaped me as a person. And more importantly, they shaped the early years of my parenting. As I looked back at all these situations and tried to assign blame, I couldn't find anything that I felt that my parents did that caused these situations or where they intentionally put me in danger. And as a result, I began to believe the lie that people could not be trusted. And when I say people, I mean everyone. I did not believe anyone could be trusted and fear had taken root. I resolved in my heart that it was my job alone to ensure the protection of my children. I was honestly pretty obsessive about a lot of things and some of you know that. <laughs> I did tons of reading and research on everything child related. Regular versus organic foods, natural births, breastfeeding versus formulas, cow milk versus goat milk, raw milk versus pasteurized milk. What kind of sunscreens should we use fluoride toothpaste? I mean, everything. <laughs> my heart was in the right place. The best for my children, protection for my children, but the weight of carrying the complete protection of my kids on my shoulders was exhausting. When worldly fear is part of the equation, not godly, which we want to have, it's Hates even the best intentions we have because it doesn't leave room for the counsel of the Lord. It relies on human wisdom and puts a huge weight on us as a parent to get it right, to be perfect. It consumes your time, your money, your thoughts. It can even lead you to being judgmental of others. And in my case, it dethroned the Lord in that he did not have all of me. I think there was a piece of me that wasn't even fully sure I could trust God to take care of my kids because of my past. So I made their protection fully my job and I felt sure that my intentions were better than anyone else's. But praise God, he doesn't leave us where we are. Um, he slowly and gently brings us revelation and freedom from the things that were never meant to be ours to carry. God's process began with me when we moved to Boston over 15 years ago now. When we moved to Boston, we had three young daughters, three-year-old Lexi, one-year-old Ella, and little two-month-old Elizabeth. And we were blessed to pretty quickly find a church home with Antioch and to start to have friends and to learn more about the Lord and the, and the Holy Spirit. Um, early in our time here, we joined a life group, which is simply a small group that meets to pray, to worship, to encourage each other, and to study God's word. Um, and at the time, we were going through a book on marriage and family. We showed up one evening for our life group, and our leaders, who were the pastors of the church at the time, informed us that on this evening, they were going to watch all of our kids, and they were going to send us out on a date with our spouses. And while most of the couples were thrilled with this news, I was horrified. Um, you see, because of my past, and because I knew you couldn't trust people, I had never left my kids with anyone. 
Um, never. In fact, I was pretty sure I never wanted to leave my kids with anyone ever. My fear of what might happen was consuming me. I spent the entire time we were away, as my husband knows, crying and yelling at him um, and accusing him of how dare he put our children in potential danger. It was awful. <laughs> but through that experience, I learned for the first time that my refusal to go out alone with my husband was actually hurting him. I had been so blinded by my fear that I was hurting my marriage and I had been completely unaware of it. God began bringing me revelation that while I, of course, want to protect my kids, that he does have safe places for them to be and to enjoy. My kids had a great time that night. No shock. <laughs> and I laugh now because those pastors are mentors to me. They are the dearest of friends. And honestly, I would trust them with my very life. Um, I still tended to be pretty controlling, but I had started to see that God did have people that I could trust. And that those people had things my kids needed, not just me. After having our fourth daughter, Annalise, we were given the opportunity to take in our 13-year-old nephew. Suddenly, everything I knew and had control over was a little shaken. <laughs> Taking in a boy first, I didn't know how to raise a boy, or a teenage boy for that matter. <laughs> and while I already knew and loved James, I had not been a part of raising him for the first 13 years. And he had grown up differently than how I was raising the girls. And that was something I was completely unequipped for. I was forced into learning, bending, and flexing, and I was afraid. But as my eyes looked to the Lord, my fear was calmed. I saw the blessing God was inviting us into. And most of you know what a joy James is to our family. Maybe not every day, but most days. <laughs> James became not only my nephew, but my first son. I'm going to cry, sorry, and a brother to my girls and later to the boys. God used James to cause me to stop and to pause, to seek wisdom first from others ahead of me with sons and older kids, and most importantly, from him. And he taught me to stop trying to control everything and to trust him. So thank you, James, for bringing so much into my life as a mom. Okay, <laughs> regroup. Um, so what does God call us to do? Um, Proverbs 24, 3 through 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So we're called to seek the Lord and be wise. Then in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. We're called to be proactive. Both of these passages are active verses. There's building, there's filling of rooms, there's starting our children off. We're called to intentionally build our homes and to intentionally parent and raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. We're called to be proactive, not just reactive to what could or might happen. So what does it look like to be proactive and wise? We need to first stop and seek the Lord. Um, just as I mentioned, or just as I mentioned at the beginning of the message, none of us could have predicted this past year what it's looked like. But wisdom tells us before we fully jump back, which we're all wanting to do, back into our old lives and our old routines, we should actually stop and we need to pause and we need to seek the Lord. And these, these questions are actually in the sheets that you guys have and that were passed out today for you to reflect on when you when you go home. But I want you to ask questions, especially thinking of coming off this 
very crazy year of like, what did I learn about myself this past year? What did I learn about my marriage or my roommates or my family members? What did I learn about my kids? Um, and then really asking God, are there boundaries or rhythms that we need to keep from this past year? You know, in our eagerness to have our lives back, are there places that God said, hey, I want you to stop and embrace this part? Um, one of my favorite passages is Psalm 16, 5 through 9. It says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. And I love this passage because it first of all tells us that the Lord has assigned us our portion in our cup. We don't assign it to ourselves. He assigns our boundaries and all of those look different for all of us. Yours is not mine and mine is not yours. So I don't have to look to the right or to the left and neither do you. We look up to God who assigns us our portion in our cup. And within the boundaries that God has given us, there's freedom, there's delight, there's an inheritance, there's a promise to not be shaken, there's counsel, instruction, rest, and security. So despite any circumstances around us, he will be with us, and that is what makes us secure. Secondly, we want to shepherd the things in our life and the children in our life and not to try to control everything. It's not our jobs to ensure that nothing big or hard or hurtful happens to our kids. No matter where we live, what we feed our kids, what schools they attend, if they do or do not play sports or instruments, they will experience hurt. They will experience pain and they will need to know that it is not only okay, but that they have a God who loves them and will enter into that place with them. He longs to bring comfort and hope to their heart. Not only will God show up for them, but he will be, not, and not only will God be with them in every place they go, but God will use those hard and hurtful things for his glory. When I think back on my story now, it might sound strange, but I wouldn't change any of those things. My abuse has made me a safe person to countless women who have been abused. God's story in my life has changed lives. Hallelujah, because that's who he is. So do we set safeguards for our children? Absolutely, absolutely. But not because we believe it will keep them 100% safe, but because God sets boundaries. God gives guidance, God gives consequences, and he gives freedoms. He gives grace, and in turn, we get to do that for children. While fear had me not trust anyone, wisdom from God, had us set boundaries that would put our kids less situations that they were too young to handle. While fear made me think I needed to control everything in my life, wisdom has taught me that teaching my kids how to navigate hard things and making room for them to fail and learn was to be healthy adults. Fear is debilitating and hurts us, it hurts others, but wisdom gives us guidelines and sets us up to be healthy. Practically, there are several things we can do to walk away from fear and to teach our children to do the same. So the first ones apply to everyone, and then I'll hit a couple of kids. So first, pray a lot. 
can't say that enough. Pray a lot and hide God's word in your heart. Cling to it. Even this morning when I was walking in fear, I was reciting scriptures to myself because that is what strengthens us. And in regards to your kids, have specific prayers that you're praying over them, that you're committing to the Lord. Ask God to pursue their hearts, to walk near to them, to speak to them. When you feel yourself having a big reaction to something, use that as a, a trigger from the Holy Spirit to stop and pause and pray. Like, what is going on in my heart? What are these emotions that I'm feeling? What is valid and what is just fear? Because there are things that are valid. When your kids are young, we need to model for them how to handle fear. You've got to give it a name, saying things like, I understand this can be a little scary. What can we do when we're afraid? What does God say about that? And as our kids get older, we've got to give them space to get it wrong or right. I remember when our older girls were in middle school and one of the teachers in a parent meeting told all the parents, please don't rescue your children. Everyone looked confused and baffled by that. But she said, this was the time in middle school before they got to high school for kids to get it wrong and to learn what to do when they get it wrong. It was a safe place for them to learn something. They weren't going to be condemned. They weren't, it wasn't going to be on their transcript when they went to college. This is the time to let them practice um, if they forgot their work or their equipment. And they all did that at one point. Uh, we had one incident where one of my girls was in middle school um, and a high school student came up to her and began yelling at her, accusing her of having stolen her gym shorts because the ones she were wearing were the same. Can't get the same pair at Target, apparently. Uh, my daughter was visibly shaken by the situation, and everything in me as a mom wanted to go straight into that building, confront that girl, tell the faculty, and insert plenty of other things I probably shouldn't have done. Uh, but wisdom says stop. Wisdom says pray. Wisdom says seek the Lord. And because I stopped and didn't try to control the situation, I instead heard my daughter's heart. I could ask her questions about what she thought needed to happen. And I did ask her if she needed my help, which she declined at the time. My daughter calmed down and was able to come up with a plan of how to handle the situation. And she did it. So do I love that that happened to my daughter? No, I hated it. It's terrible. But God is with our kids. And as hard as that situation was for her, God was with her and she wasn't alone. She went to the staff herself and ended up receiving an apology um, from the girl who had made the false accusation. It was hard and the pain was real, but God was there and he brought her to the other side. So as we wrap up this morning, here are some things I want you to, to walk away with. And these are ones we've already said, but I'm going to say it again. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. We look different than the world because the spirit of Christ is in us. I'm going to say that again. The spirit of Christ is in us. We don't ignore fear. We acknowledge hard things in the world, but we are not controlled by fear. We are moved by love, power, and self-control. We are moved by the spirit of God. Secondly, the verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the more we stop seeking knowledge from the world and instead seek the Lord in all things, we will begin to walk in true wisdom. And I dare say, how dare we not seek the Lord, the one who was and is and is to come. 
the creator of all things, the one who knows us better than we even know ourselves. So as we respond this morning, opposed to meditating on this further, which I do encourage you to do by using the sheets that you had, asking God to reveal places that he wants to break fear or control from your life, I actually want us to end today by declaring and celebrating the truth of the freedom we have because of Jesus, declaring the fact that we do not have to walk in fear of the world we live in. We get to walk in freedom and wisdom of Christ, and we are in a continual process of being changed, refined, and learning to walk in wisdom. Hallelujah. As the worship team begins to play, I want to invite you to close your eyes and I'm going to pray some truths over us. And then we'll close by singing a last song of declaration together. God, we acknowledge that there are things in this world that are genuinely scary. But we declare today that fear will not be how we make our decisions. Fear is not what controls us. Fear does not get to have the victory. Jesus, you are stronger. You are more powerful. And you are wiser than our fear. While fear tries to destroy us, Jesus, you save us. While fear can paralyze us, Jesus, you move us. While fear tries to consume us and our thoughts, Jesus, you free us. Help us, Lord, as we look to you for wisdom, for direction, and for counsel. We want to look more like you, God, and we want to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name.